No more content warning. You know what you're getting. And you like it. And you like it. I'm Sarah. I'm Shauna. I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Murder. Murder. <laughs> murder. Welcome back and welcome to the new listeners out there. Hello. That should be our new theme song, Bobby. Welcome back. <laughs> no. I was just randomly saying murder a few times. Like Warenberg? Yes. Murder. Oh murder. My God. Murder. Yes, yes, that. <laughs> it's Where's the Bird? Yeah. Not Warenberg. It's oh, I heard bird, bird is the word. Where's the bird? Please stop. This isn't Family Guy. <laughs> no, but that whole episode was so annoying. <laughs> Sorry, Family Guy sucks. You heard it here first. I disagree. American... And I thought that episode was hilarious. <laughs> Family <laughs> Guy sucks. American Dad and Bob's Burgers are way better. Uh, Bob's Burgers is far superior than all of them. I'm gonna vote SpongeBob. Uh, I like SpongeBob too, but Family Guy, <laughs> the hash slinging slasher. <laughs> I'm gonna vote SpongeBob is the best. Bob's Burgers is funny, and but I, I can like Roger from American Dad. I'm sorry, he's so hilarious. I can relate to Squidward. Everyone can, <laughs> any adult can relate to Squidward. <laughs> All right, this took a weird turn since we're. Talking about murder. Yeah. And <laughs> who's bees? What, uh, what are we hearing about this week? I know it's murder, but... Yeah, super well-known murder. All right, so... Wait, who is telling the story? I, Sarah, me. <laughs> <laughs> the person to my left. I am telling the story. And we're who's gonna... listening to the story? Uh, I am. Oh, me too. Oh. You should probably listen as well. <laughs> Okay. I mean, you can sit out if you want, but it'll make the haunting episode confusing. on our speaking of haunting confusing because it's, it's like also a about two-parter, people. It is, it is a two-parter. I'm going to tell you the murders. Shauna's going to tell you about the haunting. Sweet. So that means you have to listen to our other podcast. We have two other podcasts in case you weren't aware. Speaking of missing persons and speaking of hauntings. All right. So this story. It's pretty well known. Most people have heard about it. And if you, especially if you live in this area, it is the Amityville murders. Dun, dun, dun. Let's hear about it. So what you know about it is probably more about the Lutz family that lived there afterwards, which Shauna will tell you about. It's interesting. But today, I'm going to tell you about the DeFeo family. DeFeo or Defoe, like Willem Defoe? It's DeFeo. We had this conversation. It's DeFeo. DeFeo? Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's DeFeo. Come at me. I don't think it it matters. (laughs) Don't at me, at her. (sighs) So this takes place 
at 112 Ocean Avenue in Amityville, New York in 1974. So we're going to the 70s, people. Okay, remember where this happened because it's not in my story at all. Like the, the state. The DeFeo family consisted of 43-year-old Ronald Sr., 42-year-old Luis, 23-year-old Ronald Jr., who went by Butch, and 18-year-old Don, 13-year-old Allison, 12-year-old Mark, and 9-year-old John. That's a big family. Yeah, yes. I was going to say, there's a lot of kids. I didn't count. How many kids is that? That is one, two, three, four, five. Five kids. Wow. That's impressive. Ronald Sr. worked at a car dealership that was owned by his father-in-law, and the family had lived in this house since 1965. People described Ronald Sr. as a domineering authority figure and said he engaged in hot-tempered fights with his wife and kids. Butch took the brunt of this abuse and was also bullied at school for being overweight and gloomy. But as he grew up, he got bigger and stronger, so he started to fight back against his father. They fought over the smallest things. People also questioned how the family lived the lifestyle they did with Ronald Sr. just working at a car dealership. And the answer to that was his father-in-law, Michael Briganti. He pretty much gave the family whatever they wanted. He owned the dealership. That sounds interesting. So the parents, so Ronald Sr. and Luis thought Butch was the problem when it came to all the fighting and sent him to get psychiatric help. Therapy did not help with Butch's violence, however, so his parents started bribing him to get him to calm down. At one point, they even bought him a $14,000 speedboat. Holy crap. What? Yeah, to just get him to... Chill out. Just calm down. Just calm down. And we'll buy you whatever you want. Yeah, because that seems to work. Right. You know, that logic seems to work often. Yeah, pretty much. Just stop throwing whatever fit you're throwing. I'll buy you whatever you want. Yeah. We'll just continuously throw fits. Well, by the age of 17, Butch was using heroin and LSD. Cool beans. He was kicked out of school for his violent behavior. By 18, he was working at the car dealership with his dad. His parents also gave him a brand new car and a weekly allowance with no questions asked. So he was getting paid for working at the car dealership, but they were also giving him a weekly allowance. And bought his car? Yes. Spoiled. Instead of using these opportunities to better his life, he dove even further into drugs and alcohol. Well, yeah, you're giving him the resources to get them. Money. Yeah. To make matters worse, for the people around him, he also used his extra money and got into collecting firearms. Ooh. This sounds like it's not going in a great direction. Right? Right. Probably not. 
And at one point, he even pulled a 12-gauge shotgun on his father because Ronald was having an altercation with Luis. The only thing that saved Ronald's life that day was the gun malfunctioned. Otherwise, he would have killed him. Now, granted, by altercation, pretty much they're saying he was hitting her. So really? his dad so, is just as violent okay, as he but is. But it's going to pretty much like pay him off to chill yeah. out. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Right? Like nothing about that makes sense. No. And okay. His dad was by all accounts just as violent as he was. At some point, Butch and his friend tried to steal $20,000 from the car dealership by saying Butch was robbed while taking the deposit to the bank. Police quickly figured it out and pointed the finger at Butch. When Ronald questioned this out loud, Butch threatened to kill him. He was like, why would he need to steal the money? Because it was grandfather's money. And why not? Yeah. He's a spoiled He obviously doesn't give a shit. So, that brings us to the day of the murders here. So, on November 13th, 1974, at 3 a.m., it is said that Butch killed Ronald Sr. and Luis execution style while they slept. Both victims were shot twice with a 35 caliber Lever Action Marlin 336 rifle. According to some reports, Ronald was shot in the back. The first bullet hit his kidney and exited through his chest. The second bullet went into his back and hit his spine and lodged in his neck. The bullets that hit Luis shattered her ribcage and collapsed her right lung. Next, he went into the room of Mark and John. They were each shot once. Then moving to the room of Don and Allison, they were also both shot one time. It took 15 minutes to kill, his, to kill this family, according to some reports. After this, he took a shower, put on fresh clothes to go to work. He stuffed the gun and the bloody clothes into a pillowcase and threw them into a storm drain on his way to work. He was at work around 6 a.m. acting like nothing happened. Around noon on his lunch break, he went to a friend's house and did drugs. At 6.30 p.m., he went to a bar called Henry's that was down the street from his house. When he got inside, he said, You gotta help me. I think my mother and father are shot. So people from the bar went back to the house with him and discovered the horrible scene, and it was one of them that actually called the police. Instead of Ronnie just doing it? Or Butch? Yeah. He made, he made it seem like he just got home and somebody broke into the house. Because that's not suspicious. And instead of calling 911, he... Went to a bar. Ran down to the bar to tell them about it? Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Suspicious. (laughs) During the police investigation, it would be shown that Luis and Allison were awake during their murders. Police could not understand how this had happened and no one have heard a thing, like neighbors or anything. 
When questioned by police, Butch said he thought the mob was involved because of the car dealership. Police actually took this pretty seriously and put Butch in protective custody while they followed up on the story. Uh, my one question here is, where did he say he was during this and why he wasn't also dead? At a friend's during, house. During this mob hit. At a friend's house. Doing drugs, man. Okay. This changed, however, when police found the empty box that contained the thirty-five caliber Marlin rifle in Butch's room. The next day, he would claim, once I started, I just couldn't stop. It all went so fast. He would even lead police to the storm drain where he disposed of the gun and bloody clothes. He was arrested and charged with six counts of second-degree murder. His grandfather, though, hired uh, retired police detective Herman Race. He wanted proof that his grandson had done this alone because he didn't believe it. He thought he had help. Um, Which I guess would make sense at first to, to think that. He wasn't, like, saying he didn't do it. He, he thought there were, like, him and a friend did it. There or was him, no way that he, he would be alone. able to yeah. shoot yeah, well, and kill his entire that, family in the house. Well, if, he's saying, if they're saying that both of the, you know, both of those sisters were awake when they were killed. No, his mom and his sister. Oh, his mom and his sister, sorry. Were both awake when they were killed. Like, they probably both woke up at the first, you know, the sound of the first gunshot. How's he going to still gun them down without either of them getting away Right. without help? You would think if he's going after one of them, the other one is obviously probably unsupervised. Can't see right. them, monitor them, keep them trapped somewhere. Right. I don't know. It's not unreasonable to think that he might have had help. Right. I mean, I could see it. I could definitely see that, like, that thought or that speculation at first. Maybe the, the guy who he was doing drugs with at lunch, they were each other's alibi. Well, the private detective actually did undercover evidence that Butch was not working alone during the murders. According to them, there were either two guns or two people involved. But needless to say, this new evidence did not postpone the trial like the defense attorney William Weber asked. Weber had been assigned to this case after his grandfather, Michael, would no longer pay for the original attorney Butch had. Pretty much he put in, it was either forty or $60,000 for an attorney, and he was like, once that's gone, it's gone, and sucks to be you. You have to get a state representative or whatever i'm shocked he even put any money into an attorney for him i guess when that was at first when they thought he was he he still actually really cared about butch and he wanted to help him so when the trial started on october 14th 1975 with prosecutor uh gerald sullivan and judge thomas stark who some say was handpicked by Sullivan. They say the judge, because there was a, they had a judge, and for some reason, like, 
two or three weeks before the trial, he stepped down mysteriously. And then all of a sudden, there's this new judge, Thomas Stark, that was actually friends with the prosecution. So it was like they handpicked their own judge. Um, the trial started, Weber wanted Butch to play up the insanity defense. So his defense attorney was like, dude, be insane. Yeah, as they do. Right. The problem was that pissed Butch off. He did not want his mental well-being put into question. He did not want to, to look crazy. To look crazy. He didn't want to use insanity as his defense. And he even threatened to harm his lawyers because of it. But eventually they talked him into it because they were like, this is the only way you're going to get. Possibly. Possibly lighten your sentence. Right. And not get the death penalty or whatever. Like you need to be insane. They claimed he was possessed by Satan, which is kind of where the haunting of this house comes from is because the defense made this whole claim that it was all demonic and that Butch was actually possessed by Satan himself. Butch claimed that it was self-defense because his family was conspiring against him. But he also played along with the defense's stuff and at first said he was hearing voices inside of his head. But he would later take that back and say that that was his defense attorneys telling him to do it and that he never heard voices and there there was never any demons. Yeah, but to say that his family was conspiring against him or whatever, that kind of also makes him crazy. Yeah, brothers and sisters conspiring against him. That kind of makes you a little crazy. Butch is a little weird. And I mean... For him to be doing the level of drugs that he's doing would not surprise me for him to hear voices in his head at some right. point. Exactly. 100%. So Dr. Daniel Schwartz argued for the defense that Butch was neurotic and suffered from disassociative disorder. But Dr. Harold Zolin, a psychiatrist for the prosecution, said Butch's abuse of LSD and heroin caused him to suffer with antisocial personality disorder, but that he could still determine what was right and wrong. Right. So on November 21st, 1975, Butch was found guilty by a unanimous vote of six counts of murder in the second degree. On December 4th, he was sentenced to six concurrent terms of 25 years to life at the Greenhaven Correctional Facility. One for one life sentence for each murder. Well, not life, 25 to life. Mm. And he had to serve them concurrently. So back to back. Yeah. So So he was all at the same time. He's going to respawn back in jail. Yeah. Well, he's going to live 25 years of it and then another 25 years. No, that's consecutively. <laughs> Concurrently would be that he's... He's serving them he's all at the same time. serving them all oh, at the same time. Okay. That's, that's right. what you guys explained to me in yes. one of those other episodes. Yeah. Oh, no. It's, Shauna, it's, Shauna it's, wasn't here then. No, I no, was. That was me no, I was. who explained that. 
Right. And I'm like, no, I was did I for it. understand just... it wrong? No, <laughs> you got he, it right. concurrent he, is simultaneous. So pretty much, he could get paroled after 25 years, or he would have serve life. One of the two. What should have been the end of the story seemed to just be the beginning when another family moved into the house, which Shauna will tell you about on Friday. But Butch did an interview in a book called The Night the DeFeos Died in 2000. So still 22 years ago, but... right. Y2K release, huh? Yeah. Over the years, (laughs) Butch changed his story about the murders multiple times. But here's a summary of what he told this author of this book. So Butch claimed that he and his sister Dawn, so that's his like the other oldest. So he's the oldest and this one, this Dawn is like the next under Uh him. And two of his friends were involved in the murders. So he's claiming four people were involved. But nobody else was ever... No. Like, well, Don was dead. Well, yeah. And his two friends... But why would she be a part of the murders if she I'm was... going to tell you. Okay, let's go. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. He claimed they committed the murders out of desperation. On November 12th, 1974 had been, like, a really bad day with their father. Like, he had been really abusive that day and rude and just... Beating the crap out of all of them? Being really hard on everyone in the house. When he finally calmed down, Butch, Dawn, and two of Butch's friends went into the basement to get high. Tired of being physically abused and mentally abused, And wanting to go to Florida with her boyfriend, Butch claimed that it was Dawn that actually came up with the idea to kill their parents. He said at first he kept telling her no. But the more the night went on and the more drunk he was and she just wouldn't stop talking about it, he finally agreed. So go ahead. I was going to say, but he had been threatening to kill his dad for like a while. It wasn't his dad that he was against killing. He didn't want to kill his mom. And she wanted to kill both of them. According to him, she wanted to kill them both because his dad was being physically abusive and their mom wasn't stopping it. Like, was letting it happen. I I could get that. I could see that. So, the four of them left the basement and headed to their parents' room. This was around 1 a.m. One of his friends was supposed to be the lookout while the other friend, armed with a Colt Python, don't know what kind of gun that is. It's a large revolver. Okay. So he had that, and he followed Butch, who had the thirty-five caliber Marlin rifle. The only light was a small candle burning on the dresser and the light from the hall bathroom. And one of them was holding a flashlight that was actually found by the police during their investigation. It was like thrown in a chair in the parents' bedroom. 
So Butch said their parents were attacked while in their beds, but his father got up and tried to fight back. So that's why they shot him a second time. Louise laid there moaning for help after the first shot. So they shot her a second time to silence her and to end her suffering. Their original plan according to Butch, was the younger kids would not be hurt, that they would go, just go live with their grandparents and live happy, normal lives. Not happy. Well, they thought they would be happier because their abusive father would be gone. I get that. But according to Butch, Don killed them to eliminate witnesses. He claimed he was not even in the house when... The younger kids got killed. He was chasing after his friend who was like, F this noise. This is not what I signed up for. And Butch was trying to chase him down, down the street and make him come back and like help clean up the mess and shit. He's like, dude, you know, they're on drugs. Even during the trial, Butch refused to acknowledge that he had anything to do with killing the his siblings. Butch continues the story with him coming back inside to find that Dawn had killed their siblings, so he confronted her. They wrestled for the gun with obviously Butch overpowering her. He slammed her against the bed, knocking her out, and it was at this point that he shot her in the back of the head for killing their siblings. The problem is that Butch changed his story again after this interview and claimed his sister did it all. The friends that were supposedly involved, one died in January of 2001. He had refused to talk about the case at all with anybody. He wouldn't speak of it. And the other friend was said to be a part of the witness protection program because of a different case. So nobody even knows where he is. And I'm going to leave you with a quote from Butch from a letter he wrote. He said, It was a cold-blooded murder, period. No ghosts, no demons. Just three people in which I was one. Wait a minute. Three? So he went from saying there was, there was four, four people involved to, to three. only three people involved. Well, I think he was saying three because there was three of them that actually used the guns. His one friend was just like just there and then took off. When oh, okay, he I get you. Was like because he was the lookout. Did yeah. they ever find a second gun? No, they were all shot. With no, the same but gun. they did. F- no, they weren't. They weren't? Mm-mm. What about the flashlight? Did they ever fingerprint the flashlight? They did none of that. It was pretty much a Butch's guilty. Yeah, I know. I by mean, himself. Was... And they wouldn't even listen to anything the defense had to say. They wouldn't take in account to any of the evidence that the private investigator found. Like, there were a lot of things that pointed to this was more than one person. You know, the saying, good enough for government work? might have originated with this case yeah they pretty much were like he's definitely involved he did do it and why do we care if we find other people involved we're just gonna pin it all on him because i mean he is guilty 
yeah, but we might have another fucking murderer walking around there because he's saying it was the three of them, him, his sister, and this other guy, and then the fourth guy was just watching. If he's still around, he killed his sister, and then the third guy who was involved is in the fucking wind. Yeah. Yeah, they need to follow up with that yeah, shit. Well, one do, of the yeah. friends already passed away. Yeah, one of the friends is gone. One of his so, friends. So we don't yeah. know if that one friend was the other murderer. Or the spectator. Or the spectator. Yeah, and we'll never know. We're never going to know. And Butch, he pretty much consistently goes back and forth to it was that story or it was just his sister all by her herself like she did everything and but then he came in and he, killed her for he, doing it yeah but it's pretty consistent that she was involved so is he still in jail yes he's still in jail good but his big like they it was like a i my biggest thing is i feel like he had at least some involvement with probably shooting their dad because oh, yeah. he had threatened him so many times before. I think he is the one who killed their dad. And his friend killed their mom. Because he didn't want to harm their mom. And in his story, like, Dawn's biggest thing is she wanted to leave and go to Florida with her boyfriend. She was 18. She could have went. Except her dad was, like, so controlling and abusive that they wouldn't allow her to. So it does makes sense that she would be involved. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if you're 18 years old and your parents are still literally controlling, well, your dad is controlling everything. While also, like, abusing you in different ways. Right. Yeah. So I I believe the story that it was him and his friend and her and that he just got so pissed that she killed his siblings that he killed her. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah. I, you know, it just makes you wonder what snapped in her at that point then to, you know, kill all of their siblings. Love. No, she, no, she told him it was so they, there would be no witnesses. But the kids were, no, the kids were in their rooms. So? it. Also, I left could... out the part where when she killed their sister their other sister because there was just two girls and three boys so when she killed the other sister she purposely not she whoever killed her purposely shot her in the face that one shot was in the face and butch claimed that was because she was jealous of her so she wanted to make sure she wasn't pretty even in death that's fucked up so i don't think it was a if butch is telling the truth then I don't think it was about she didn't want them to live without parents because they could have lived with their grandparents who were, like, freaking wealthy. Right. And had okay lives and never gotten beaten. It was about she just... There was other... Yeah. There was other reasons. Like, she had other, like... And they say, like, the one brother, I think Mark, had a football accident so he physically could not sleep any other way but on his back and the prosecution even like admitted this but when he was found he was on his stomach so 
that was another thing that Butch said is like she they were awake. At least he was awake also. And she forced him to turn over on his stomach, which that could have been him, too. Somebody forced him to roll over because he physically had hurt his back. And the doctor said he could only lay on his back. He couldn't lay on his stomach. But everybody was found face down. So they were like posed that way. And he was shot from behind. So I don't know why they say just the mom and the one sister were awake. Well, I feel like the one sister potentially had to be awake because she was shot in the face. Yeah. Like because she lifted up and turned to look at the gun. But more than just the two of them were awake. And how neighbors didn't hear it, I have no idea because they had no silencers or anything on these guns. They How, how close were the other neighbors? I've never really paid attention to I can the tell actual you, house. I can tell you that the neighbors are close enough that you can see their houses from the house. Like, yeah. You I, can tell like what their windows and stuff look like. So it'd probably be like if you were looking at your house across the street over yeah, there. Like, yeah, over there. Which is still close enough that you would definitely hear a gunshot of any kind. Yeah. But no neighbor heard anything. That's what also makes the story more creepy and lean towards the supernatural is because how did nobody hear anything? Can't wait to talk about it. I don't know about that personally. Just. The supernatural crap. I can't wait to talk about But it. the supernatural point of it came about because they made him claim he was possessed by Satan. So it was like, if you're possessed by Satan, there must be a portal to hell in your house kind right. of a deal. I mean, maybe we will say it's all speculation on the hauntings now and again later. Well, um, all hauntings are speculation. Right. I'll still give you that warning. I feel like there's no concrete proof in any haunting. No, there's not. We were just talking about this. Unless you live through it yourself. Exactly. And then your brain is like, okay, that's real. That's real. We got this. I saw it. It's real. All right. Well, that is the murder part of the Amityville horror. Hmm. All right. Well, if you... Enjoyed listening to the story with us. Hop on whatever app you're using to listen to this. Subscribe. Give us five stars. Review. Share us with your friends, your family, everybody, the dog, your neighbor's dog. I'm still saying the cat. Yeah, the cats too. I mean, not that they care. I mean, mine are pretty nosy. (laughs) Cats would probably be interested in stuff like this. I mean, I don't think dogs would want to hear this. Yeah, probably not. Dogs are this like feels too like sweet more of a cat's vibe than a dog's yeah, yeah, vibe. And yeah. I mean, dogs are too happy for all this crap. I'm sure <laughs> there's like some unsolved cases out there that were caused by cats. Yeah, cats. Oh, let me <laughs> sing the song of my people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with their That's murder mittens. Much. Yeah, their murder mittens. But uh, cats anyway, have murder mittens. If you want to reach out to us, you could do that at uh, missingmurderedhaunted at gmail dot com. On Instagram at Missing Murdered Haunted and on Facebook, Missing Murdered Haunted Podcast. Um, and if you have any cases you would like to hear, you can uh, send that to us in any one of those three places. 
and we will see them. And uh, leave a comment when you're there. We'll respond. We'll see your comments. We'll say, hey, slide into our DMs with some cases. Heck yeah. <laughs> slide in those DMs. Only with cases. Comments, too. Or compliments. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I meant, compliments. Yes. Feedback. You guys got anything else? No. No. Right. Here's a good case, though. We'll see you back next week. Bye. 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 Bye.